0: So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 5.51 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the 28th of July, 2021, and this is episode 463 of Bitcoin, and I wasn't here yesterday. If you noticed. Um, I, my daughter had a sleepover last night and the only place that that sleepover could occur was on the couch, which is right outside my door, this door, the door that shuts my studio from the living room. I didn't feel it proper to, to do one of my shows with two 11 year old girls on the couch between me, you know, and, a, a who's, who's, only partition between me and the two girls are a uh, piece of glass because that's what the door is made out of. So uh, that's if you're wondering why I didn't come to you yesterday. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna do one of my normal shows uh, with a couple of 11-year-old girls in earshot at five o'clock in the morning. No, that just doesn't seem human. Anyway, if you so if you were wondering, that's that's why I didn't have a show yesterday. But I am having a show today. And uh, I actually could use your help with the show. If you want to support the show, listen to it through the Breeze Wallet and their podcasting app, which is inside the wallet, or via Sphinx Chat. I actually went and made sure everything was hunky-dory yesterday and tested by listening to myself, which, God... I still can't get over listening to myself. I mean it's one thing talking to yourself like I do in the morning, but it's another thing when you listen to a recording of it. <clears throat> but I was listening to it on Breeze wallet and streaming myself Satoshi's to my uh Lightning node and everything was working well. The boost button works and I could actually see see myself streaming sats to myself. It was kind of like looking in a mirror. It was kind of odd. And then I did the same thing on Sphinx chat and yes, I'm looking at my lightning node and I'm getting I'm getting satoshis from both Breeze and Sphinx. So podcasting 2.0 working very very well for me. And if you want to support the show, that's one that's one hell of a way to do it. In fact, that's my favorite way to do it. Like I am really loathe to get a Patreon, but Again, I've said it before, I, I may just simply be overthinking it, but man, watching those Satoshis stream in on my lightning node is, is I don't know, man, that's, that's just exciting because it's just so cutting edge. Also, get the word out. I mean, you know, a five-star review on Apple iTunes, you know, tell your friends and family if they want to hear about what's going on on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, <clears throat> early in the morning on their way to commute. <coughs> They can do so by listening to the Bitcoin and podcast. So help me get the word out, uh, you know, tweet out my show announcements and retweet them and all kinds of stuff would be very, very helpful. And maybe even the meme masters will get on board, although they may be busy because if you haven't noticed, they got a whole big old steak thrown at them sometime yesterday um, from Senator Warren. Yes. Senator Warren, sometimes somebody opens their mouth and something falls out and a meme is born. You got one. You're going to have one for a while. Senator Warren, crypto puts financial system in the hands of shadowy super coders. Will Gottensgen has this one from Decrypt.co at a hearing of the Senate Banking Committee this morning. Well, yesterday morning. Senator Elizabeth Warren, now one of Congress's most prominent crypto skeptics, continued to sound the alarm about the potential dangers of blockchain technology. The hearing titled Cryptocurrencies, what are they good for? Featured testimony from three industry commentators, Jerry Brito of the pro-crypto think tank Coin Center, Center, Marta Belcher, an attorney and board chair of the Filecoin Foundation, and Angela Walsh, a professor at Saint Mary's School of Law quote all the warning signs are flashing said Warren of the crypto market the hype the volatility the wild claims that turn out to be false all the crypto market grow- as the crypto market grows so do the risks to our financial stability and our economy oh my warren Part of Warren's issue has to do with the idea that crypto isn't really all that decentralized or disintermediated, as is often argued by the faithful. Much of the wealth remains concentrated, and the largest companies and mining pools have ways of exerting control over the systems. Quote, Instead of leaving our financial system at the whims of giant banks, crypto puts the system at the whims of... Some shadowy, faceless group of super coders and miners, which doesn't sound better to me, she said. Warren and other senators also went after some of the breathless rhetoric around crypto, dismissing offsided promises of <clears throat> greater financial inclusion as false advertising on the part of companies looking to protect their interest. Senator Sherrod Brown called it phony populist marketing, quote, Regulators need to do their job and step in before it's too late, said Warren. She addressed similar concerns last month during a hearing on the development of potential state-controlled digital currencies, also known as CBDCs. Yesterday, in a letter to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, Warren made an explicit plea for stricter regulations around cryptocurrencies, citing risks from stablecoins, DeFi protocols, and more. Quote, The longer that the United States waits to adopt the proper regulatory regime for these assets, the more likely they will become so intertwined in our financial system that there could potentially B, serious consequences if this market comes under stress, she wrote. Oh, God. All right. So she's, oh, old. Focahontas has some good points here. Uh, DeFi is trash. <clears throat> and uh, cryptocurrencies in general, 99.9% of them are garbage scams or garbage scams, depending on how you want to go. Straight up, you know, straight up lies. Yeah, All of it. Yeah, she's right. She, she's right. She's also right that they're not going they're not going to be able to wrap their head around the regulatory regime for Bitcoin itself until it's too late and this is I've said it before this is the only thing that shitcoins are good for a blade of armor <clears throat> if you don't know what a blade of armor is it's spelled with an a a blative armor for bitcoin it's armor that explodes when something hits it so it, it basically cancels out the force of impact. And that's what a blade of armor does. So <clears throat> how is it good for Bitcoin? Well, they're gonna try to wrap their head around shit that isn't going to last anyway. They're going to waste their energy on stuff that is ephemeral. And, they're going, and as, that, as those ephemeral objects vaporize into thin air, it's going to carry all their energy and all their time that they've spent fretting and worrying and trying to tweak things, with, it's all going to evaporate along with the shitcoin. That's, that's why I say the only thing shitcoins are good for is a blade of armoring for Bitcoin. And when all that shit finally f- fades away, because most of those things are attached to humans. And guess what humans have a tendency to do? They have a tendency to get bored with shit. And if they've made enough money, you know, taking money out of people's pockets, then they're just going to fly away. They're just going to stop doing what they're doing. And all these projects that everybody thinks are oh so important and now it's a Bitcoin killer, they're all going to go away. And when they do go away, <clears throat> they're going to take all the energy that old Focahontas sets out in all her Senate hearings and all her wailing and her misery and her moaning, and it's all going to fade away along with it. And then when they finally turn around and realize that they've been looking at the wrong thing, Bitcoin indeed will be so intertwined, not in just the United States economy, but everybody's economy, it will tie and bridge the world's economies together. Not only at the country scale, but on the individual citizen scale, I will be tied to people I don't know in Venezuela. And that's a wonderful thing. That's what I want. That's what we all should be wanting. Fuck, this is the only anti-racist thing that I've seen ever in my life. It crosses borders. it crosses languages. it crosses cultures. it it binds the entire citizenry of the world together. And it doesn't need a central banker, Elizabeth Focahontas Warren to do it. So in a way, old Focahontas is correct, but she's looking in the wrong direction. And honestly, Honestly, guys, do not interrupt your opponent when she's making a mistake. Now, let's get on to lightning, which is going to make it even worse for old Focahontas. I got a tweet here announcing a new LN router graph. And there's a hashtag associated with this tweet called, uh, that's a hashtag zero base fee. Now, this is Severin Alex B, uh, at S-E-V-E-R-I-N, Alex B, all one word. I am happy to have collaborated with Rene Picard and developed a graph that displays the progress of zero base fee. Rene has done amazing work for the Lightning Network and am happy to support it. And him and Rene have apparently collaborated on this thing called lnrouter.app. lnrouter.app forward slash graph, forward slash zero base fee or zero hyphen base hyphen fee, something like that. Just go to lnrouter.app and I'm sure it's there somewhere. Anyway, it's a visualization of all the route or all the the, uh, channels and all the routers or lightning nodes that have basically zero base fees. What's cool about it is that it will show a lightning node that has a fee based Channels as well as non fee based channels, which means there's no fee to use that channel. And you can pick between the two in the visualization graph, and you can look at only the nodes and only the channels that are zero base fee. Like some of my channels have a base fee. There's a couple of them, you know, for Podcasting 2.0 that I've set to zero. There is no fee for uh, the pod, I think it's called Podcasting 2.0 node. And another node that is is heavily utilized by the podcasting 2.0 node that routes me all my fees. So when I ask you to listen to the show through Breeze or Sphinx Chat or something like that and stream me Satoshis, you know, if I had set the fees to something higher, then not only would you only be paying me Satoshis or you would be paying Satoshis to listen to the show, you'd also be paying a fee. I set those to zero. So that there's just nothing there. But anyway, so if you're looking for channels, for whatever reason, if you're looking to somebody, you know, somebody to hook up to that has zero fees, lnrouter.app is uh, your way to do it. Also, again, that hashtag, if you want to find out more information on Twitter is zero base fee, all one word. So good job, guys. Now. Bank of England says Bitcoin will fuel rising Bitcoin prices, says Devere CEO Namsios has it for Bitcoin Magazine. Nigel Green, CEO of Independent Financial Advisor and Asset Manager Devere Group, reportedly said that the Bank of England's rumored digital currency, Britcoin, <laughs> which aims to take or overtake Bitcoin, will backfire. Green's comments come after it was reported in April that the UK was considering implementing a central bank digital currency aimed at tackling some of the challenges posed by Bitcoin. A month later, the Bank of England deputy governor said that the launch of Bitcoin was probable, but Green reportedly claimed that the UK central bank initiative might not only fail, but actually help Bitcoin adoption and price appreciation according to multiple sources. Revealing, this is a quote, revealing just how worried they are about ongoing epic rise and influence of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, the Bank of England is reportedly set to establish its own digital currency, Green said, continuing, quote, if the bank and government officials believe Bitcoin will supersede Bitcoin, they are mistaken. In fact, it will have the opposite effect, end quote. Green cited three reasons why he doesn't see Bitcoin posing a threat to Bitcoin as genuine digital cash. First, he said that a central bank's mere action of venturing into creating digital money might help reduce people's skepticism towards the lack of paper cash. That, in turn, would help validate and propel Bitcoin and its inherent inherent values of being digital, global, borderless, quicker, and more cost-effective than traditional money, Green explained. Second, and perhaps more importantly, Green noted that the fundamental distinctions between Bitcoin and digital money controlled by a central bank CBDCs, he said, quote, will still be controlled and manipulated by the Bank of England, meaning they can adjust supply and therefore its value, end quote. That's not possible with Bitcoin. Lastly, Green also highlighted how there is growing mistrust of the traditional banking system by the younger digital native generations. Consequently, the generation immersed in technology might favor the truly peer-to-peer digital cash system, quote, Bitcoin will be controlled by a handful of people from the bank who have conversations and make decisions behind closed doors. Bitcoin is controlled by no one and discussions are held out in the open and decisions are transparent and community based. Which one do you think is the future of money? Oh man, just punched him in the gut, dude. And then just like kicked him in the nads because everything that this gentleman said is absolutely correct. It is going to backfire, and it ain't just going to be Bitcoin. It's going to be everything except the digital one. Why the digital one? Because Chinese is the China is a slave state. I'm sorry, it is. It's a slave state. If you live in China, you're probably unless you're really well off and you've got a passport. And you can see writing on the wall and know exactly when to get out. If such a time actually occurs, then you are most likely a slave. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. They're going to track you. They're going to force you to use the digital wand. They're going to make everything else illegal. And if you use it, you're going to go to prison or get executed. The The most populous nation on earth could not stop Bitcoin, as we will see here in a moment. But keep that in mind. One of the strongest and definitely the most populated country on the face of the planet could not stop Bitcoin. They're going to have to resort to force. Not every country is going to force their citizenry to use their bullshit CBDC. And the only reason that they're even looking at CBDCs in the first place is because of the rise of Bitcoin. They are reacting. They're behind. They're not getting in front of Bitcoin. If they had, they would have done this shit in 2007. They would have done it in 2008 before October and the dropping of the Bitcoin white paper. They were not in front of it, therefore they are behind it. They are not revolutionary, they are reactionary. If we keep them in that position, they will fail but we have to keep them in that position from now on. We can never let them rise above water. Bitcoin is going to kill them all. It just is. Let's continue on. Bitcoin IRAs <clears throat> are rising in popularity in the United States, and this is Namcios as well for Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin-funded individual retirement arrangements, or IRAs, have surged in popularity in 2021, CNBC reported. Americans have flocked to retirement arrangements powered by Bitcoin as the Federal Reserve has steadily been increasing liquidity in the economy. Bitcoin IRA, a company launched in May of 2016 offering investors a tax-advantageous IRA coupled with the massive returns of Bitcoin, currently has more than 100,000 individual account holders, the report said. The thousands of workers who have chosen to invest their retirement accounts in Bitcoin seek long-term gains and purchasing power for a more tranquil and maybe anticipated retirement. Additionally, they can also significantly reduce their tax burden compared to selling BTC if it was a personal investment. But while Bitcoin IRAs can provide an interesting option for people, one whose returns will likely outpace that of other IRAs over time, it brings a critical trade off, especially as a long-term investment. All Bitcoin purchased by a Bitcoin IRA account holder is held by BitGo. Oh, Jesus. The retirement planner's chosen third party for Bitcoin custody. Consequently, the account holders do not possess the actual Bitcoin as it isn't clear if they are given the choice of withdrawal. To custody one's own BTC is important because Bitcoin is money and you can only freely spend money that you own and hold yourself. Furthermore, since Bitcoin is a nascent money early in its monetization path, Exchanging it for dollars might not make sense 40 years from now. As Bitcoin becomes widely adopted and its principles and characteristics are tested and demonstrated over time, it might reach full monetization and become a widely adopted unit of account. In that case, dollars would be worthless and the Bitcoin IRA account holder would not be able to reap the benefits of holding Bitcoin. Oh, come on. Whatever. Therefore, a better approach could be saving for retirement in self-custody Bitcoin the retired individual would enjoy true sovereignty by holding peer-to-peer, uncensorable, unstoppable money, something worth far more than dollars and tax cuts. Okay, that one's okay. It's kind of confusing here. One of the reasons why you—you you know this is a little confusing to me is that you can't just spend out of any, if it's an actual regulated IRA in the United States, it's not a bank account. It certainly isn't a checking account. You don't just spend out of your IRA like you're whipping out your credit card because there are, <clears throat> there are tax implications, right? There's also penalties. You're not supposed to touch that shit until 65 or, some, or 60 if you take early retirement, I suppose, but whatever. So, you know, the only problem really here I see is the fact that the custody is at BitGo. Those people have no business in the Bitcoin space. It just, um, they were on the wrong side of, they were on the wrong side of everything in 2017. We won't get into it. But as to this particular, you know, this particular Bitcoin IRA, the actual, the the product that they're talking about, which is Bitcoin IRA, all one word. Um, Jeff Vandrew, I think is his name. I, and I'm pretty sure he's down in Austin. I... <sighs> Hold on for a sec. I want to make sure this is correct. Yeah, it's Jeff Vandru. It's spelled V-A-N-D-R-O-U-X. So I guess it's got some French Cajun kind of thing going on. Anyway, uh, met Jeff really at Bitblock Boom. He's a really nice guy. Frickin' cut like a son of a bitch, too, man. He's a weightlifter. Anyway, he's uh has uh well here here's his bio on Twitter. It's Economic populist, attorney, CPA, bodybuilder, developed a Bitcoin IRA where you hold your keys. Okay. He's got a product where you hold your own keys, right? And I think, I think he's working with Unchained, uh, over, which is also in Austin, but it's, uh, keykeeperira.com, keykeeperira.com. If you're looking for an IRA, hit up Jeff. Okay, I don't know about this Bitcoin IRA thing, but I do know that Jeff has been doing this for quite a while. He has a good product. He presented on it at Bitblock Boom last year in Dallas. So yeah, go give him a call instead. Now, stronghold. Oh, ooh, ooh, wait, hold on before I do this. <clears throat> We're going to do a whole segment on mining. Get ready. Okay, get ready. Because it's like mining is is getting hot again, dude. Bitcoin miner stronghold files for a NASDAQ IPO. This is Bitcoin Magazine as well in NOMCOs. Bitcoin mining company stronghold digital mining is filed with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission for a proposed $100 million IPO. The firm plans to list its Class A common stock on the NASDAQ global market under the ticker SDIG. Stronghold is a vertically integrated Bitcoin mining company that operates a wholly owned low-cost power regeneration facility in Pennsylvania. The company's business model is focused on converting coal waste directly into value through Bitcoin mining. When rain or snow meets sulfur-rich waste coal dumps, The largest water polluter in Pennsylvania is formed. Waste coal acid mine drainage, otherwise known as AMD. The AMD then runs off and contaminates nearby streams and rivers, threatening aquatic life as a result. Well, by converting the waste coal into power to mine Bitcoin, Stronghold has sought to restore the usability of geographical areas that AMD had previously damaged. In June, Stronghold raised $105 million in two private placements of equity securities and claimed to eliminate around 200 ton of waste coal for each Bitcoin mined. Whoa, holy shit. Stronghold currently operates around 1,800 Bitcoin mining rigs with a total hash rate capacity of 85 petahashes per second. And the firm entered into three definitive agreements with multiple suppliers to purchase over 27... 1300 additional miners of which the vast majority is scheduled to be delivered in 2021 the filing said the bitcoin mining company shared that it intends to use part of the ipo proceeds to purchase additional miners uh oh my god yeah additional miners while it seeks to increase its hash rate capacity significantly Stronghold also said that the firm would sell Bitcoin for fiat currency from time to time to cover operating costs based on their initial cash management policy. So there you go. Now, if they're correct, and they really are getting rid of 200 tons of waste coal for every Bitcoin mined, okay, so do the math. If they win a full block at 6.25 Bitcoin, multiplied by 200 tons of waste coal, of which there are mountains of it in coal-producing regions all over the world. It's not just the United States. Getting rid of this shit, because this shit is poison. It really is. But nobody knew what to do with it. I mean, you can't just shove it in a landfill because you get the exact same effect, right? It's still going to rain on it. It's still going to produce this AMD crap. It's still going to get into water tables, groundwater, streams, All you do is you lose a whole bunch of landfill space so you can't throw people's garbage into it. So, this is solving, in my opinion, an even larger problem than flared, you know, waste flared gas out of the oil fields of West Texas and Utah and the like. This shit is deadly. It kills fish, man. It ruins stuff all over the place. So, the fact that they can just shove it in a burn box and use the heat, you know, either the the however they're producing their electricity, either through steam generation or whatever. This is this is good for the environment because it gets rid of it. Nobody wanted to burn it before because the cost to just get rid of it in a burn box without producing anything else, that's why there's piles of it everywhere. It wasn't worth it. Now it is. People are looking, and I predicted this shit well before I started even doing this show, and also I predicted this shit a long time before I even knew about Bitcoin, is that people are going to start looking at landfills like gold and silver mines. If you think I'm crazy, just straight up batshit crazy, you wait. Within 10 to 15 years from right now, you're going to have landfills that you couldn't give away sell for $1,500 an acre, if pro- and probably a lot more than that later on when people realize just what is, is under there. But what's happening is that we're waiting on technologies all the time to make something valuable. And I'm not saying that we're gonna burn the trash and landfills to mine Bitcoin. I think cheaper and more power generative things are going to come online because of Bitcoin. And then the knock on effect is going to be somebody who says, you know, I could actually just burn a whole bunch of trash and get the raw materials out of it on the back end, sort of like a distillation rig where you get like, you're not just burning it into the atmosphere as much as distilling it like crude oil, where it actually is going to pay you to grind it up, put it into a furnace grab, you know, somehow or another grab all the nickel out of it and and refine all the gold out of it and refine any silver out of it. Have like, you know, I don't know, pure carbon come out of it so that you can sell it for, you know, biochar or something like that. That's going to happen, right? That's going to happen. Believe you me, man, that's going to happen. And moving on, we've got Caruso Energy. They want a loan to expand their Bitcoin mining operations mining is going nuts people this is Namcios, bitcoin magazine data center firm crusoe energy systems is a sounding investor interest for a loan to expand its bitcoin mining business says bloomberg they're seeking a hundred million dollars to 125 million dollar debt deal backed by crusoe's bitcoin mining and generation equipment Deal discussions are reportedly in the early stages. I'm gonna pause right there. What are they doing? They're leveraging what they already own to get a loan to buy more and expand their facility. Those mining rigs that they have right now, that's the capital investment. It doesn't go away. Just because you bought a miner does not mean that you've lost the money and these guys are proving it. And if this model works, you're going to see an explosion of mining facilities expanding. It's going to go, it's going to be like a forest fire. Continuing on, Caruso wants to close an investing deal by the end of this year to capture the exponential growth of Bitcoin more quickly, the report said. The company is reportedly working with investment bank, DuCera Partners LLC. Crusoe is a Denver-based firm that seeks to provide oil and gas companies with a solution to natural gas flaring. The firm helps those companies capture otherwise wasted surplus gas. Since renewable energy sources are usually intermittent, oil and gas might continue to play an essential role in providing reliable energy for the future development of society. Crusoe seeks to help make fossil fuels less harmful to the environment by cutting down on the industry standard practice of flaring unwanted natural gas. The industry usually resorts to burning off gas, a byproduct of oil drilling, because it is more cost effective than selling it. But by leveraging that excess gas to mine Bitcoin instead, energy producers can use low cost energy that would otherwise waste uh, to reap the outsized returns of Bitcoin. In April, Crusoe closed a $128 million Series B financing round led by Valor Equity Partners, dude. And it gets even better. Major Thai telecom operator plans to outmine all of Southeast Asia. Alex McShane is writing this one for Bitcoin Magazine because nobody else is covering this. That's why there's four or five in a row. <clears throat> the Stock Exchange of Thailand, listed subsidiary of Jasmine International called Jasmine Telecom Systems, has announced ambitious Bitcoin mining plans. JTS plans to become the largest Bitcoin miner in the 10 nations comprising the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. The Thai telecom operator will install 500 Bitcoin mining machines over the course of the third quarter in this year. In the following year, they are going to scale the mining operation tenfold, installing a further 5,000 machines in partnership with the Jastral network at industrial locations around Thailand. On the timing of this bullish expansion from integrated telecommunications and IT services, president of JTS DeSuite, no way I can pronounce that name, now is a good time for JTS to invest in Bitcoin mining given its widespread adoption and the incident in China that caused the hash rate to drop to an 8th month low. Based on these remarks, it is clear that Mr. I'm just going to use his first name. Mr. Deucet has been planning to mine Bitcoin for some time, getting in at what many miners would consider an opportune moment just after the Chinese ban and major hash rate decline. JTS looks to bring 50,000 machines online, scaling its operation by 100x before the next Bitcoin halving. This would bring about five exahashes of power onto the network, which even by the next halving standards would be an impressive percentage of global mining power and would make JTS the largest Bitcoin mining operation in Southeast Asia. At this scale, JTS could mine about 16,000 Bitcoin per year. Holy smokes. And with all this mining activity going on, guess what? Mining difficulty expected to increase for the first time since China cracked down. I love it, it's the system works beautifully. This is CoinDesk, David Pan. Bitcoin's mining difficulty may be set to increase for the first time since China's crackdown. A rapid expansion of mining facilities in North America and the return of Chinese miners through overseas hosting sites are two major factors that will drive up mining difficulty according to industry professionals. Mining difficulty is a met. well, we're not going to get into it. you know what mining difficulty is. Mining difficulty has seen a continuous decrease since Chinese government uh, called for local authorities to shut them all down across the country in may on may the twenty first. The latest bi-weekly difficulty level posted on July the seventeenth is the fourth downward adjustment since the crackdown. Quote, for the first time since China, hash rate lights went out. We're anticipating next week's adjustment to be positive a roughly 1.75% increase, according to Seattle-based mining Luxor's newsletter on Saturday. Even before China's crackdown, big North American mining companies such as Marathon and Riot were already expanding their operations due to Bitcoin's historic bull run in early 2021. Quote, while we saw the big hash rate drop across the network during that time, other miners were also deploying new hardware, Hansen said. It was just drowned out by the disconnection in China, end quote. I'm just going to stop it there. There's no reason to go on. And we got to run the numbers. Flammable liquid's doing okay. West Texas Intermediate is up uh, one-third of a point, $71.87. Brent North sea is up almost nothing. I won't even mention it, but it's coming in at $74.55. Natural gas, however, is swinging low, $1.21 to the downside, 3 dollars twenty or sorry, $3.92 is what you're getting on a 1,000 cubic feet of that. Gasoline, $2.31. It is up 0.16. Shiny metal rocks are mixed. Gold is down 0.15. It's below $1,800 again. Silver is up 0.8. $24.84 per ounce. Platinum is up 0.13. Copper down 0.4. Palladium is down 0.07. Agricultural futures. Let's see what coffee did. It is down 2.33%. So it's, uh, it's it's kind of relaxing a little bit. Wheat, however, is up almost two percent. Everything else is meh. Uh, let's see here. Indices. Dow futures down 0.16. SP and p futures up 0.06. Nasdaq futures up a quarter, and the S&P mini is up 0.3. Uh, percent. Let's talk about real money at $40,281. I guess we got ourselves a bump. 249,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours. Oh, that's a little bit better, man. We are now at 10,400 transactions on average per hour with over half a million BTC being sent in the past 24 hours, which ends up being about 22,600 BTC sent every hour on the hour with an average transaction value of 2.8, nope, 2.18 BTC. And the median transaction value 0.019 BTC or 771 bucks. Block times are viciously low, eight minutes and 22 seconds. can't imagine why. 0.09 BTC is being taken in fees on a per block basis, 15 and a half BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. With a 4.36% jump in hash rate, we are at 110 exahashes per second. The mining marches on. Your shitcoin indicator is Dogecoin as usual, and it is roughly right around 21 United States pennies. It's not worth it, people. It's just not. However, with the hash rate rising and the block times falling and all that, guess what? We still don't have that many transactions. 2,500 transactions are waiting on two blocks to clear. With a $759.5 billion market capitalization, we have recaptured 6.4. billion. 6% of gold's market cap and we can buy 22.4 ounces of shiny metal rocks with our one Bitcoin of which there are 18,769,047.75 in circulation. Clark Moody has it as at a price of $40,465 by the way. There are over 2,000 Bitcoin in the Lightning Network. We crossed that a couple of days ago, by the way. We were last time, actually, I guess we crossed it We crossed it either yesterday or after I did a Monday's show. I'm not sure, but it's 2024.12 BTC in the Lightning Network. That's a capacity value. This is all all all-time high shit, by the way, dudes. $82.0 million of capacity value. We have 13,166 nodes that we know about with 59,419 payment channels that we can see. 71.0% of the entire Lightning Network is now run over TOR. That's 1,436.86 BTC flying around the Lightning Network in blinded fashion. Nobody knows, bitches. They're all shadowy. They're shadowy payment channels. Then there are 7,858 TOR nodes on the Lightning Network. That's going to do it for vitals. Welcome to part two of the morning roundup. We're going to start this one off with <laughs> The IMF says that adopting Bitcoin as legal tender is a step too far. Thomas M. writing this one for BTC Times. And what, can o- what can only be read is a veiled message to El Salvador and any country looking to follow in its footsteps the International Monetary Fund on Monday, published a blog post advising against adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. Oh, the IMF, you know, screw your president, screw your own army, screw your own citizenry, you know, screw your own culture, screw everything. No, fuck you. Listen to the IMF, a completely international unelected board of bullshit bureaucrats who have lunches that are more expensive than your entire monthly grocery bill. Fuck these people and everyone they know. Authored by Tobias Aderin, director of the IMF's Monetary and Capital Markets Department and Rhoda Weeks Brown with a hyphen in it, director of the IMF's legal department, the blog post drives or dives into the topic of adopting crypto assets as national currencies or rather why the IMF representatives believes it's a bad idea. Quote. Bitcoin and its peers have mostly remained on the fringes of finance and payments, yet some countries are actively considering granting cross-payments legal tender status and even making these a second or potentially only national currency, Adrian and Weeks Brown write, while they do not mention countries by name, El Salvador is currently the only country that has declared Bitcoin legal tender, making it the likely subject of the blog post. Notably, Bitcoin is not El Salvador's only legal tender; it still uses the dollar as its national currency, with President Nayib Bukele having stated that he currently has no plans to step away from the dollar as legal tender. The concept of Bitcoin as legal tender is unlikely to catch on in countries with stable inflation and exchange rates and credible institutions, the IMF blog post continues, claiming that Bitcoin's volatility makes it unattractive to citizens of such countries. Instead, a globally recognized reserve currency, such as the dollar or the euro, would likely be more alluring than adopting a crypto asset. Assets like Bitcoin may be used by the unbanked for transactions, but not as a store of value, the authors write. Where they see an advantage for crypto assets are countries that restrict the use of other forms of payment than the local currency. In using Bitcoin as legal tender, monetary policy would lose bite. Weeks, Brown, and Adrian continue, citing macroeconomic risk should Bitcoin be made not only a national currency, but also a unit of account in which Products are priced, holy shit, which is not the case in El Salvador, by the way. The authors also fear that anti-money laundering recommendations issued by their friends at the Financial Action Task Force, hold on, yet another unelected bureaucratic board of bullshit eaters whose lunches cost more than your monthly grocery bill, not elected by anybody, and yet have control over your life keep that shit in mind. Anyway, issued by the Financial Action Task Force can't be effectively implemented at this point, which they say results in increased risk for illegal activities through Bitcoin. Oh, no. Further, the blog post speaks of the large amounts of energy required to mine Bitcoin and other proof of work assets, stating that the ecological implications of adopting these crypto assets as a national currency could be dire. Oh, my God. God Almighty, really? Jesus, look, give it to him again, pal. <laughs> El Salvador is further working on establishing Bitcoin mining operations using geothermal energy from at least one of the country's 11 volcanoes. Should the country go through with its plans, volcano-powered Bitcoin mining would, in fact, be as environmentally friendly in consuming energy than anything else. Yet Bitcoin itself bears too many risks to macro financial stability, financial integrity, consumer protection, and the environment to warrant its benefits of inclusive and cheap financial services, the authors conclude. Instead, they suggest governments should step up to provide these services. Of course, it goes without saying that no government can provide decentralized and immutable transactions. The IMF, whose stated mission is to provide financial stability and reduce poverty, has previously stated that it found El Salvador's Bitcoin law to raise economic and legal issues. Yeah, they're pissed. The IMF is not happy, and that's exactly where I want to keep them. I want to keep them irritated, literally like a diaper rash, because they are just a bunch of whining, filthy babies. Them and their friends at the at the FATF and the European Central Bank and the Federal Reserve and all these guys, they are all cronies. They're all friends. They all go to parties together. They drink shit that costs more than you do. It's disgusting. And none of these people are actually elected. And this is why with this is why you get failures like you were seeing around the world. It all it's all happening at once, man. People are pissed. I mean you got like well I can't remember the country. Uh oh was no France. Some people broke into a town hall somewhere in some village in France. And I don't know if it it seemed like a pretty big town hall, if the pictures were correct, took Macron's uh, picture off the wall, the president of France, and destroyed it in public. And that's not just France, people. There have been protests. I mean, France has been protesting for over, well over a year, maybe two. And they don't even talk about the yellow vest anymore. No, they're not showing you the pro- they're, they're showing you bullshit protests. They're not showing you the real stuff. Because if you knew what was really happening, you'd be like going, well, it looks like the world is ready for a, a, a complete revolt, which has never happened before, by the way, in the history of the world. There's never been a worldwide revolution. It's never happened. It'll probably happen before I die, by the way. And it, Binance, oh, yay, yay. <laughs> oh, Binance. Binance cuts withdrawal limits and rolls out tax reporting tool. Helen Parts tells us how CZ is about to bend you over the table from Cointelegraph. Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange by trading volumes, continued its efforts to maintain dialogue with global regulators by introducing withdrawal limits in a new tax reporting system. The company officially announced on Tuesday, a major update to its Know Your Customer policies, significantly reducing maximum withdrawal amounts for users who have not completed full identity verifications. Effective immediately for new Binance accounts, users who have completed only basic account verifications will be unable to withdraw more than 0.06 Bitcoin per day. Let's do that again. Effective immediately, For new Binance accounts, users who have completed only basic account verifications will be unable to withdraw more than 0.06 Bitcoin per day, which is worth roughly $2,400. At the time of writing previously, the maximum daily withdrawal amount was capped at two Bitcoin or about 80 grand, Binance CEO Peng Zhao noted on Twitter according to the announcement, Binance will continue applying new withdrawal limits for existing units, users in units is probably more, more apropos. Uh, let's do it again. According to the announcement, Binance will continue applying new withdrawal limits for existing users in phases starting from August the 4th. That's coming up people. The exchange expects to have adopted new withdrawal restrictions entirely by August the 23rd. Binance users who have completed full identity, identity verification will still be with a, able to withdraw up to 100 BTC in a day or $4 million at BTC prices at the time of writing. Withdrawal limits refresh daily at 00:00 AM. So that's, you know, like 12 AM, what Greenwich Mean Time. Binance also rolled out its new tax reporting tool on Wednesday. The reporting system is an applications program or uh, rather an API that enables Binance users to track their crypto transactions, transfer their transaction history to third-party vendors, and obtain instant overviews of their local tax liabilities. The new initiative is part of the exchange's broader strategy to expand user protection and risk management protocols. According to Binance's tax reporting instruction page, users can now select a third-party tax tool to transfer their transaction history, quote, Binance is not endorsing any particular third-party tax tool software. Please eh, exercise your own discretion and or consult your personal tax advisor based on your personal tax circumstances and requirements when selecting the third-party tax tools. Binance did not immediately respond for a request for information on the usage of the new tool. The news comes amid Binance aggressively adopting new trading restrictions in an apparent effort to respond to ongoing global regulatory crackdowns on the exchange. This week, the exchange delisted margin trading pairs for three fiat currencies, including the euro, Australian dollar, and the British pound sterling. The futures trading platform has also started reducing maximum leverage positions from 125x to 20x. So, what is... is, You know, when you're getting hammered by regulators that, you know, you really don't care about, and, you know, you're just, but you have to do it anyway because otherwise bad shit's going to happen. What is a CEO to do? I don't know, jump ship. Binance CEO hints at hiring his own replacement as regulators circle. Scott Cipollina tells us about bailing out by CZ from Decrypt.co. Binance CEO, Shengpeng Zhao, strongly hinted last week that he is looking to hire his own replacement as the next CEO of the largest crypto exchange in the world. Quote, right now, I'm actually looking for a senior person with a strong compliance background, with a strong regulatory background to lead the entire organization, maybe become the new Binance CEO. I'm a tech entrepreneur. I've led the company for four years, and it's good, and we've gone through a lot uh, have we've got a lot to go through in this pivot. I don't think I'm the best person to lead that effort. I think having somebody with a very strong regulatory background is actually better, end quote. His comments came at a virtual summit in conversation with Mayuka Ponich, chief investment officer at SCB10X, the venture arm of Thailand's Siam Commercial Bank. In the same interview, he discussed his aim to take Binance public. Binance has made a series of high-profile hires in recent months, some of which have come in the wake of the exchange's fraught dealings with many of the world's financial services regulators. In April, it named former U.S. financial regulator Brian Brooks the new CEO of Binance U.S., a move seen as an effort to make good with lawmakers. Earlier this month, it hired Jonathan Farnell, formerly of eToro, as Binance's new director of compliance. CZ's previous rhetoric on regulation has been an interesting journey. In April of this year, CZ spoke about the, the crypto industry's broad relationship with regulators during a session on Clubhouse. Quote, if I was the regulator, the most logical thing I would do is look at the existing regulations in the traditional financial space and bring them into crypto. One of the most basic and commonplace tenets of those existing regulations is for companies to be licensed to operate in the jurisdictions where they do business, but CZ has never made it clear where Binance is headquartered, arguing repeatedly that the company is truly decentralized with no headquarters and that nobody nowadays agrees on one definite definition of a corporate headquarters anyway. Quote, everybody's definition of a headquarters of a company is slightly different. When you ask how to define headquarters, Is that an office where people sit? I worked from home for the last three and a half years, he told Decrypt. That way of thinking might find favor among crypto enthusiasts who are naturally quite inclined to appreciate the values of decentralization, but it has not found favor with the world's regulators. Yes, because they're fucking dinosaurs. In the UK, a financial conduct authority spokesperson told Decrypt that the regulator has a huge issue with Binance's apparent lack of headquarters. Oh, okay. (laughs) In recent months, Binance has also fallen afoul of regulators in Italy, Japan, and the Caymans. The exchange has also been dealt death blows by banks, payment processors, and even rival exchanges like FTX, which bought out Binance's shares in an obvious move to distance itself from the exchange. It is unclear whether CZ has concrete plans to step down from Binance. Decrypt has reached out to Binance for further comment, but if CZ does step back from the top job at the massive business he founded, his successor will have plenty on their plate and will have to prioritize engaging with lawmakers. Yeah, you better learn how to get on your knees. Now, let's get out of regulation land and into something more fun. Joshua Cheriton has this one from BTC Times. A bloviating no-coiner emits more carbon per day than half a dozen Bitcoin transactions, says Coin Corner research. A transaction on the Lightning Network produces less carbon emissions than posting on social media or even breathing for a few hours, according to Bitcoin exchange Coin Corner's latest researcher uh, research. Citing public data from the UK Parliament, US Energy Information Administration and Our World in Data, the article lays out the calculations in a transparent, methodical manner. The research authors, including CoinCorner CEO Danny Scott, agree with many in the Bitcoin community that judging Bitcoin or Lightning's energy use and emissions on a per-transaction basis is flawed, especially since a disproportionate use of that energy comes from fixed costs, such as mining and securing the network not in individual transactions. The calculation below shows that only 0.0099 grams of carbon emissions come from sending an actual transaction itself, versus 144.5 grams of CO2 produced from running the entire Bitcoin and Lightning infrastructure for one year. This shows that a sharp increase in the number of Bitcoin transactions would not significantly impact the overall emissions of the network, but networked attractors tend to assume that transaction numbers and emissions scale linear, linearly. In reality, as transactions scale up, Lightning would become more efficient on a per transaction basis due to economies of scale. The calculations also show that even with fixed energy expenditures for mining and infrastructure included on a per transaction basis, Lightning is still extremely energy efficient compared to other activities and products we take for granted. For example, the process involved in producing one glass of orange juice uses as much energy as 10 lightning transactions, each of which could theoret- theoretically transfer millions of dollars in value. One particularly jarring example shows the incredibly high CO2 cost associated with producing a supposedly eco-friendly electric vehicle. The EU estimates average or estimated average for electric vehicle production is a whopping $18 million 750,000 grams of CO2 per car. That's equivalent to 129,000 lightning transactions. These numbers are incongruous with Elon's famous tweet announcing Tesla's suspension of Bitcoin payments for environmental reasons, Even if Tesla accepted lightning payments for all of its roughly 500,000 vehicle sales in 2020, the CO2 emissions from the transactions would barely equal that of producing just four Tesla vehicles. Perhaps the most fitting carbon emissions Example is that of breathing itself, according to no cor- to coin coin corners, ah, research roughly one day of breathing produces as much CO2 as seven lightning transactions. In other words, being, just being alive for 3.5 hours, emits the same amount of CO2 as one single lightning transaction. <laughs> one can hope. That the cited data sources and calculations will help to dispel future FUD regarding the environmental impact of Bitcoin, particularly when it comes to scaling transactions without raising emissions in any significant way. The authors point out that when broken down, even on a purely transactional level, the carbon emissions are comparable or even lower than some everyday activities that few would describe as excessive energy use. Further, Bitcoin and Lightning do all this while providing the most secure computer network in the world, relying on and discriminating against no one. Thank you, Joshua. That was enlightening. <laughs> Bloviate. I love that word. Uh, CBDCs concocted in hell by Satan himself, says ASI President Rich Checkin. Uh, Brian Carby has this one from Coin Telegraph. Rich Checkin. The president of Asset Strategies International has described central bank digital currencies as a product that was concocted in hell by Satan himself. ASI was founded in 1982 and deals in alternative assets such as precious metals, foreign currencies, and pre-1933 U.S. gold coins and offers a precious metals trading platform. Speaking during an interview with streaming financial news providers Kitco News on July the 27th, check slammed CBDCs due to the threat that they posed to an individual privacy, noting that they give the state the ability to monitor every transaction you make and track your entire life. Quote, I think central bank digital currencies were concocted in hell by Satan himself, he said. And asserted that they will give governments an incredible amount of control over everybody's bank accounts, which will create a void of privacy for every individual citizen. The United States is behind the curve on CBDC rollout, thank God, in comparison to China, which has already deployed widespread trials of the digital yuan in its financial system. However, the Federal Reserve has warmed up to the idea in 2021 and is currently in the process of researching the risks and benefits associated with adopting a CBDC. During the interview, Chekin was asked if he thought Bitcoin posed a threat to fiat currencies and CBDCs. The ASI president stated that it was too early to tell as he thinks Bitcoin has performed as a speculative asset so far, but hasn't been tested enough as a currency to become a threat to the dollar yet. Quote, it's not a threat, One of the options for Bitcoin is to be a form of currency, but there's not widespread adoption and penetration. So we really haven't tested that model, which is why I think it's partially acting as a speculative asset. I think we need a deeper penetration, and then we will see if it becomes a threat, what the government is capable of doing to hold on to its power position, he added. Unlike figures in the precious metals sector, who are often pro-gold and anti-crypto, Checkin stated that there was a place for both as he thinks they perform a different function for your portfolio. Checkin views gold as a store of value and advocates allocating 10% of your portfolio to that asset. He views Bitcoin as a speculative asset that may become a store of value in the future and he suggests a 1% to 2% allocation in a portfolio with regular cash outs To bank profits. So there you go. He's not even a hater. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. (laughs) Can't let you end Wednesday's show without hearing a joke now, can I? Dad says jokes. The wedding was beautiful. Everyone cried. Even the cake was in tears. Help a brother out. Listen to the show on Breeze or Sphinx chat apps and uh, stream me some satoshis. I love seeing them stream in, and I love talking to you guys. And it would be great to get that uh, value-to-value exchange on that. And also, you know, uh, promote. Help me promote the show. I need your help. Now I'm 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 not gonna beg, but I'm not also gonna not ask for help. That's just stupid. But I'd like to see I'd like to see the show grow. And one of the best promoters that I can find. Are you guys, you guys do more, more work in 15 seconds for me than I can do all damn day. It's, it's, it's amazing to see. And I'm, I'm grateful for every single retweet that you give me when I see people say, you know, quote, uh, quoting me in a tweet from the show, man, it's like, that's really cool. That, that is every bit as cool as seeing Satoshi's stream into my lightning node. It's a brand new world for me and it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's like nothing that I've, I mean, when I started this show, I really didn't think it was, you know, ever going to do anything, but it was part of my community service because, you know, Bitcoin has given me so much insofar as waking me the fuck up. If nothing else, if Bitcoin did nothing else but just wake me up and shake me out of my quote unquote civilian shit, then it's done more for me than any priest and any teacher whether high school, elementary, college, you name it, any mentor has ever done for me. So I, ha- I felt I, I had a need to give back to the community. But when people started really listening to the show and, and now like I get quote tweeted and I get invited on other shows, it's something that I had, I never imagined would happen. And all of that is because of you guys. It really is, it's, it's really not me. I don't have a marketing department. You guys are my marketing department. I mean, I don't rather, I have one. I don't pay, I don't have enough money to pay for proper marketing is what I'm telling you. So all the marketing that's been done, honestly, has come out of you guys. And I thank you for that. Help me out. Continue to do that. And I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett.